Are you ready, Christine? I'm ready. Are you ready, Ma? I am. Let's go. Let's go to San Diego. This might be our first San Diego movie. It it might be. 1958, Anna Lacosta. Anna has been walking the streets of San Diego after being thrown out of her family home by her father. She was 19. Her alcoholic father goes to get her when the family decides to marry her off to a rich son of the father's best friend. Particulars. Particulars. Anna LaCosta had its world premiere November 26, 1958, and it was released oh. wide on February in February 1959. Oh, okay. Uh, particulars. Directed by Arnold Lavin, who also did The Rack, Geronimo, The A-Team, and Hill Street Blues. Oh. It is, the credited writer is Philip Jordan, who also did Johnny Doesn't Live Here Anymore, Dillinger, and Johnny Guitar. It's He wrote the play Anna LaCosta that was based on the play Anna Christie by Eugene O'Neill. So Jordan rewrote uh, Anna Christie to make it about a Polish family. And then Abram Hill wrote a version around the same time, like uh, uh, separate from each other, you know. And the one that Abram Hill wrote was a version for the American Negro Theater. And it was more, it was lighter and more comedic in tone. Ooh, so there was no comedic tone in this. Right. So Jordan, who's a white fellow, um, he got the financial backing and he signed an agreement with Abram Hill and John Wildberg. And so then Jordan had several writers rewrite his play for Broadway, but then they would they had it staged with an all African American cast. Um, so this guy Jordan has an interesting Wikipedia page because he is he gets credit for a lot of films, but a lot of his credits are in dispute. Like oh. I said, this guy Abram Hill wrote a version for the American Negro Theater Company. And they signed a deal. He was, Jordan was then sued by many of the, the people that he signed the deal with. And the American Negro Theater never really got the full amount that they were owed from the agreement. So there's like very shady goings on there. The music is by Elmer Bernstein, who also did To Kill a Mockingbird, Cape Fear, Sweet Smell of Success, HUD, I Love You, Alice B. Toklas, Slapshot. Mm trading places and those are all just the movies we've done of his this guy remember he's done so many movies Mm. the director of photography is lucian ballard who also did the caretakers the killing the parent trap and the wild bunch just to name a few and very Mm. eclectic yeah the editor is richard c meyer who also edited butch cassidy and the sundance kid young jesse james and winning and it's also edited by Robert Lawrence, who edited Spartacus, Fiddler on the Roof, and El Cid. Starring Eartha Kitt as Anna LaCosta. Eartha Kitt is also known as the most exciting woman in the world. 
She also starred in St. Louis Blues, The Emperor's New Groove, and Catwoman in the final season of the Batman 60s television show. She's also famous for, she appeared in Eddie Murphy's film Boomerang, and Tis the Season. Mm-hmm. She, she did a version Santa of Santa Baby. Baby. She, this is a, a nerd alert. Her mother is black and Cherokee and little is known about her father. It's suspected that she was the product of her mother being raped. Um, but nothing. The, the, at the age of 71, she finally got her birth certificate oh. and the name of her father was redacted. Oh, wow. So... Ooh. That leads, and because of her light complexion, she was pretty much like, well, they wouldn't redact a black man's name. Like, there's yeah. a reason why that name was redacted. So when she was little, um, her mother went to live with a black man, and he didn't want Eartha around because of her pale complexion. He she, called her yellow. He oh, didn't I'm, want that yellow child around. Yeah, she got called so many horrible oh, yeah. names. Um, then she was sent to live with a relative who abused her. And then when that relative died, she was sent to live with another relative, which according to Wikipedia, may have been her actual biological mother. Yeah. So she's got a lot going on. Um, she was also a huge influence on Diana Ross. Oh, like her singing style and stuff that was very influential in what Diana Ross patterned herself when she was coming up with the Supremes. Oh, I thought it was very interesting, and it's also just sad. Of the seems like every actor and actress had horrible childhood, <laughs> terrible yeah. childhood. Yeah, but then I also read she spoke four languages, she ran. Read- Learned German, German and Dutch from her stepfather, and English from her mother, and French from the European cabaret circuit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but then so I, also... I just—I I have to say, she had to be highly intelligent because if she just oh, learned yeah. it from living there, I lived in Germany for six years, and I can go in a bakery and order something. But that's it. So she had to be highly intelligent to pick up languages. Mm-hmm. And she was also. What? Go ahead. Oh, and she was also involved. Well, she was like really involved in civil rights and LGBTQ movement. Mm-hmm. Did you see that quote that they had on her Wikipedia page? Um, she spoke about her gay following in a 1992 interview. And she said, we're, we're all rejected people. We know what it is to be refused. We know what it is to be oppressed, depressed, and then accused. And I'm very much cognizant of that feeling. Nothing in the world is more painful than rejection. I'm a rejected, oppressed person, and so I understand them as best as I can, even though I am a heterosexual. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what it's all about right there. I know. And it's it's just wild to me because I've known about Eartha Kitt, but I had no idea that Mm-mm. she was... Uh, just ostracized for be for basic like the movie Pinky, you know that like that she was so light skinned that she was called all these names and mm-hmm. like had to deal with that. There was also a quote from her somebody saying that if you were 
as pale complexion of her as she was in the South, that was almost as bad as being, um, well, well, like the, it was almost as bad as being like a, I guess like a black person at a Klan rally or something, you know? Right. Like, right. like the same kind of oppression and that all goes to caste and that goes to colorism mm-hmm. uh-huh. because people look at you and they're like well, you have like you're closer to white so you know what are you doing here get out of here why are you slumming it with us or like you think you're better than us and it's like no I had no control like exactly. you know, for Earth, yeah, I got yeah, no, no control over this and it's not like it's, remember like the quote with Freddie Washington and because I'm sure there were some people who passed and I have no judgment on them, but then there's, it's also like for what and for who that would be reinforcing this bullshit stereotype exactly. of like cast and colorism that it's like upholding it. So it, that's wild. Um, and we know that she's from North South Carolina, which who knew was a place, I know. but we don't know if she was in North Carolina the year all of the water got turned off. And there was a pooping expedition. Yeah. Uh, the Lost Cousteau film. The, is the this where Carolina poop? Is this where I I uh, take a left turn and and just I have to apologize to my beautiful daughter-in-law for calling her a bitch last week. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'll never forget. I know. I know. I know. Um, I listened back, and and it was it was somewhat um, validating that you deserved me to call you a bitch. But I do apologize for having actually done it. <laughs> okay, let's 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 reconvene. We have Sammy Davis Jr. as Danny Johnson. He was in Ocean's Eleven, Porgy and Bess, and A Man Called Adam. Oh. Hmm. Franklin Frederick O'Neill as Frank. He was a founder of the American Negro Theater, which um, also brought about and made stars of, or I should say, discovered Harry Belafonte, Ruby D, and Sidney Poitier, just to name well a few. Done. And he was so easy to dislike in this movie. <laughs> yeah, he is great. He was also in Pinky, No Way Out, and Value of Something. Henry Scott as Ralph Sulcum. He was in The Fugitive of the Twilight Zone and The Outer Limits. Rex Ingram as Joe LaCosta. He was in, no. remember, he was the devil in Cabin in the Sky. And he I was knew also, I'd seen him before. Uh-huh. He was also a Talk of the Town and Your Cheating Heart. Alvin Childress as Noah. He was... Famous for being Amos in Amos and Andy. Really? He looked familiar, but... Yeah, I I thought he was familiar. I'm like, why do I kind of know that guy? But, like, not really. Yeah, so he was in that. Um, He was also in Keeping... Keep Punching and Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. We have Rosetta Lenore as Stella. Did she look familiar to anybody? Yes. Because she... She's Mother Winslow in the Family Matters TV show. Oh. 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 Uh-huh. Oh. And she okay. was also in The Sunshine Boys and Brewster's Millions. And we have Isaac 
Isaac Jones was the police officer at the very beginning. And I mentioned this because he was the first African-American graduate of the UCLA School of Theater, Film and Television. Oh. He was also the first African-American to serve as a producer on a major motion picture. Which, I mean, like, I wonder how, like, it's a big deal and I give him his kudos, but I wonder how exactly accurate that is because the term major motion picture, I feel, is exactly. a, a, I agree. another word for white or, like, white accepting. Because, you know, we had Oscar Michaud out here doing things. We had a whole bunch of other filmmakers and making movies, but this was the first major motion picture. And that was on a man called Adam that Sammy Davis Jr. was in. Hmm. He was also drafted in the 25th round by the Green Bay Packers. The Packers! Uh-huh. Oh. But he, he declined that offer. And in 1995, he was the first recipient of the Producers Guild of America's inaugural Oscar Michaud Award. Outstanding! I didn't know there was an Oscar Michaud Award. Mm-hmm. Outstanding. So those are the particulars. Okay. The movie starts with Anna walking the streets of San Diego at night as Sammy Davis Jr. sings, That's Anna. She goes into Noah's Wharf Cafe wanting free drinks. Evidently, everybody went into Noah's wanting free drinks. (laughs) We find out... We find out Anna is a badass, a homeless badass. We cut to Anna's family home where too many people live under one roof, especially the bully's son-in-law, Frank. Father gets a letter from his old best friend who has just sold his farm. (laughs) He sold the farm. He didn't buy the farm. He sold the farm. He asks the father to find his son, Rudolph, a good God-fearing woman. And Rudolph has $4,000. Oh, which whole- I, did the, I did the math. $4,000 today is $38,282.21. That's worth it, I'd say. The whole family <laughs> decides they could get Anna to marry mm-hmm. him and they'd all be in the money. What? what? Could, could go, go wrong. wrong. Isn't it wild how you think $38,000 and if you're putting it in uh, the materialistic like society, you're like, that's not that much money. But exactly like, what I if you think about it to you, like in your own life, $38,000, you're like, that's so much money. I will never forget being in college, like my freshman year or something. And the one of my professors being saying some, I don't even know what it was about, but he was like, Oh, who here would be excited if you got a job out of college offering you $25,000 a year. And I was like, hell yeah. And I, I like his point was like, it's not a lot of money, but like, I know at that point I don't even paid hourly, you know, that was mm-hmm. $25,000 was a lot of money. Exactly. I figured I could do a lot with that in a year. Exactly. Yeah. And it, I mean, $25,000 then is what? The equivalent of at least 30000 now? Yeah, because she's like pretty when young. Christine was in college. 
Yeah, she's 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 our youngin. Oh well, we are to power uh, people. Rewind. We are to people of color, and the whole. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say it's like the whole movie is an all black cast, but guess what, guys? A white person showed up. There was. Didn't a white person show up? I don't know. I was trying to think back to it. I have zero people of European descent. I couldn't tell with Rudolph. Well, Rudolph. Yeah, was, Rudolph. he was black, and also okay. the other, um, the other daughter-in-law, the sister-in-law of Anna, was very light. I mean, she looked like she had um, light eyes. The yeah. Uh, Okay, so yeah, the only the movie's in black and white, everyone. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, but yeah, almost everybody else. For a second, I thought Noah. I was like, I couldn't tell with Noah, the bartender. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 I was like, were there up. any crowd scenes or any? Uh, maybe it was all. No. It, maybe it was all people of color. Mm, I think so. Outstanding. Yeah. And in 58 to get made. Yeah. yeah. There's more on that later. I'm sure. Cool. There is. Okay. So uh cast. We are we've gone into it at touch colorism. Oh, also like the on the on the colorism, like you'll notice that Rudolph, like you just mentioned, he was mm-hmm. the the I guess the good guy. The good guy. Out yeah. of all the men. If you go the father, the brother, and the and the son-in-law, and Danny, which Danny wasn't a bad guy, but as far oh, as Danny. if you were like who you would want your daughter to be with, if you were exactly. a normal, healthy, then I'm going Noah. Exactly. So, like you're saying, the one. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, Noah was good too, and. He no, like, it's kind of like Mr. Rogers. Alvin, mm-hmm. well, Alvin Childress looks like Mr. Rogers. Yeah, but they're all light skinned. And, and when he got older, you had the hardworking Danny, Sammy Davis Jr., darker complected. Mm-hmm. The father, darker complected. Mm-hmm. So we got look at that colorism. Can't mm-hmm. can't get away from it. Also, the of the women, the one who seemed to be. The nicest was extremely light skinned, mm-hmm. and she was uh, from. She was uh, not by blood. She was related by An marriage. In-law. Right, yeah. right. She married the doofus son. Yeah, St- I think his name was Stanley or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I have the gender mm. politics of it. Oh wait, going back to the colorism, the comment about when that guy. Who was also dark skinned at the very beginning with wanted to try to get her to go to the private club. Yes, yes. And he made the comment about how she'll look natural on the arm of a Thai businessman. Mm-hmm. Oh, I missed so, that. Yeah. So you have to think like he had a club. Since it was him, I'm guessing that the club I'm not gonna say that white people it wasn't it didn't cater to white people, but if white people wanted to come in because they had that kind of they were so inclined, uh, if they wanted to try that clientele. But that that comment to me made me think that this is where uh, going to cast the non-white businessmen from 
the rest of the world would come and go and that Eartha Kitt's Anna would would look fine on the arm of a Thai businessman, mm-hmm. which is to say that she wouldn't be fine on the arm of a French dignitary, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys have more cast? Um, I have, I have, uh, money. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. Every, I mean, the whole, the family was willing to, and the, and the one, the, um, daughter-in-law says you're, you're willing to sell her. You want to sell her. So the family gets some money and they were and- like, yeah. And the whole reason that they, well, not the whole reason, because that's, I'm sure we'll get into that disgustingness, but they were ashamed of Anna because we, we've been saying she's walked the streets, but this is a code film, like during the Hayes Code. So really, she is a sex worker. Right. That is how she has been able to survive. Because and then, she was thrown out with nothing at age right, 19. And, and that's how she's been able to, to put herself, you know, to survive. And then the family wants to basically do exactly what she's been doing, but mm-hmm. they get the money. So it's mm-hmm. this fair, a lot of hip, hypocrisy. hypocrisy. Yeah. Well, yeah. God-fearing people. Yeah, a lot of hypocrisy. I mean, because that, well, there's like, that goes into the gender politics and yeah. slut-shaming and all of that. Also, exactly. the stuff and wife-hating. With, yeah. Oh, there's a yeah. lot of wife hate in here, mm. and 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 the whole like like marriage thing. Like you have to to get married, right. and then once you get married, there's the oh the old Bali chain. Oh, and you yeah. have to be totally why the submissive. Fuck you marry me, because mm-hmm. I mean the son-in-law is able to yell at his mother-in-law, get the food out here. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he yeah, mean, he's like, where's the food? Also, the oh, the power awful. of the father that the her father goes to the employer of their yeah. son-in-law to basically say, you don't want to hire this man because my oh, yeah. daughter is a sex or was a sex worker. Well, why was she a sex worker? It doesn't really, I guess, matter about the why or whatever. But in this case, oh, because, uh. And then yeah. it would get awkward because because why, sir? Because you got jealous of your own daughter and you're yeah. drunk and you're scared what you're going to do to your own mm-hmm. daughter or probably did because we don't know because this is a code film. So we just have to imply that. Yeah, but I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was pretty heavy. He, yeah, because she said at one point, you know why I can't go home. Yeah. And that's more, I just think that's more than him coming upon her, sitting, holding hands with her boyfriend that he said she couldn't be with. Or even if she, even if he came upon her doing more than sitting upon, you know, like actually in the act. And he's like, you know, like she, oh, okay. She's, that's, that's your daughter and stuff that you will be like, oh. I'm a, I'm kind of embarrassed that you would do that out in the public with people. Anybody could see you. But like his reaction was like, yo, my man, you're sick. Yes. Yes. Um, I also have the great migration because they lived, her family lived in Los Angeles and they came from Alabama and that's where Rudolph's father 
had mm-hmm. the farm that he sold in Alabama. So at that time, that was part of the great migration and how mm-hmm. they looked down upon. They automatically assumed that he was a rube, you know, that Rudolph yep. was a rube, just a farmer and stuff. And that they had a they were better because they were in California when it was still all of them living in that house together. And, you know, it's like, yeah, you're not. Did you notice that the son-in-law had put price tags on even the furnishings in the house? Mm -hmm. I mean, it wasn't just the stuff he had out on the lawn. He was selling everything out from under them. Well, he would like to have. Yep. So, um, and then when they find out that that he went to college, that Rudolph went to college, that's when off the they tried to put the plan off because he wasn't a rube and stuff. Um, okay, so there was a we said that this was based on a play that Jordan did in Columbia Pictures paid a record four hundred thousand dollars for the film rights to the film, but they didn't want an all black cast despite the fact that the play was a success with the all-black cast on Broadway and in London. So in 19, like 1948, 1949, there is a version of Anna LaCosta with an all-white cast. Mm-hmm. They made a version of it? Mm-hmm. Yep, they made a version of it before this. And yeah, it's just... It well, it's interesting because it it's like... Remember in the at this time, there had been all black films there was cabin in the sky and um a few others but they went into stereotypes it was the singing and the dancing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they played into stereotypes and this this film didn't and it's interesting on hollywood as far as cast because hollywood would rather have an all-white movie that failed than an all-black film that succeeded so when this film came out it was by i think united artists did it and it didn't really do that well because of it had limited uh, releasing and mm-hmm. also they didn't the publicity department, you know, oh, they didn't really tell people about the film. And I was reading an article that says how the black version of the play or the black version of this film was about 10 years too late because if they had it probably would have been a big hit if they had done it with the all black cast in the 40s. Mm. Because that's when the play was around. Right. But even Mm -hmm. though with this, like this movie, this version of the film still did, didn't do great. But same thing that happened with the movie, the 49 version, it also didn't do great. But at the same time, the play versions were doing gangbusters. So it's, yeah, it's, it's just a very interesting this this movie is just very interesting on many levels because I had yeah, never yeah. heard of it before. Yeah, and I'm like, it's an all black film in the late '50s, and there's there's no real stereotypes. Like this is like basically yeah. a middle class family, right? Yeah. Well, which is probably why it didn't do very well because middle class white families didn't want to see that. Well, but also you have to you have to let them like th- that isn't. In the articles I read, that isn't necessarily true. But the middle class white families have to know that there's this movie to go see. And they kind of like sabotage oh, yeah, it by yeah, not letting yeah. them, like, you know, like you have to be aware of it to go see it. So we are to nerd alerts. And I did a couple. You did? You, you want, did? 
you want me to set this scene? Yes, I'm going to let you go first. And then I will. I I know I did a little more homework than usual. Okay, I'll make this fast. So the years in 1958, Elvis was inducted into the army. Nikita Khrushchev became the premier of the Soviet Union. Castro's army starts attacking Havana, Cuba. The San Francisco Giants beat the Los Angeles Dodgers in the first regular season game played in California. Ooh. Because both of those teams moved from New York. Uh, Harry Winston donates the Hope Diamond to the Smithsonian Institute. Really? I didn't know Harry Winston had that. Mm -hmm. The hula hoop became a thing. Yeah, um, I remember that. This is actually. the and this is the first time the total passengers carried by air exceeds those carried by sea in transatlantic wow. service. Out wow. Hmm? Uh the movies, the top five movies of nineteen fifty-eight. Number five was GG, number four, no time for sergeants, number three. I, I just copied that from something else. I hope that's right. Um, number three is Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Number two is Auntie Mame. And number one is South Pacific. The Oscars are separate tables. The Defiant ones, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, Auntie Mame, and the winner is Gigi. Should have been Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. I mean, come on. Oh, go ahead, Ma. Okay, well, Eartha Kitt, from her background, was very inclusive to everyone. And she would, when she went on tour, she would take like 10 tuxedos in different sizes with her because she always wanted an integrated audience. And if she looked out and the audience wasn't integrated, she would call all the workers around tell them get in these tuxedos and go sit in the front row because she was going to have some people of color in her audience, no matter what. Whoa. Now I remember in 1968, she was invited to the white house and um, the, the Johnsons were there and lady bird asked her about the Vietnam war. And she said, you send the best of this country off to be shot and maimed. No wonder the kids rebel and take pot. Um, and then during a question and answer session, Kit stated, the children of America are not rebelling for no reason. They are not hippies for no reason at all. We don't have what we have on Sunset Boulevard for no reason. We are rebelling against something. There are so many things burning the people of this country, particularly mothers. They feel they are going to raise sons, and I know what it's like, and you have your own children, Mrs. Johnson. We raise children and send them to war. Her remarks caused Mrs. Johnson to go off in tears, and that was the end of her career in 1968. Ostracized from everything. She was like... She could, she might as well have gone and sat on a tank of the Viet Congs. Well, now her career did come back in the 70s, but at the time that was the end, that was it was career ending. But then they, they found out in later on that 
the CIA had been had a dossier on her oh, from sure. from 1956. Ooh. And and people are like um I think that this was an article that was in the 70s that I read and so the author was kind of like, "Well, wait a second. And this is also in the 70s, so this is before I think all of that COINTELPRO stuff came out about what they had on Martin Luther King Jr. and mm-hmm. because the thing, the CIA was only supposed to have, or the FBI or the CIA, I'm I'm basically putting it as the government. They were only allowed to have open up and have files on Americans when they had act when they were overseas, their activities overseas, and because I think they had it because the kit was overseas and stuff, and it be, you know basically the people who were the government officials who were reviewing this and they they were like, well, this was definitely a violation of her civil rights because they had known from 1956, and then they like they were basically slut shaming her, saying mm-hmm. how she was super sure. promiscuous and planting all these rumors about her, and saying and then saying all of that, and then also saying, oh, she doesn't like black people, and she's you know trying to trying to to put a divide in her with within like the culture and the community of like oh you think that Eartha Kitt is you know civil rights and on your side but she doesn't want anything to do with black people and just like all of these disgusting rumors and stuff that they would do and that had been doing it and so then in 19 by the time like 1968 rolls around that she's like what's going on at least it ended better for her with no career than what happened to martin luther king jr exactly you look at the dates 1968 and Martin Luther King Jr. was was cool. I mean, Lyndon Johnson was signing signing civil rights acts, and it was good until he said he did not agree with the Vietnam War. Then he died. She was fine, you know, putting tuxedos on people, sitting them in the audience, until she said to Mrs. Johnson, why are you sending our kids off to be killed? So... Yes. And then Mrs. Johnson's the one that cried. And then yes. it's like Eartha Kitt made the uh, oh, first lady cry. It was. Know? And I remember, I remember like having negative feelings toward Eartha Kitt because, man, she went to a, she went in the White House and she like just dissed the first lady because that's how it was reported. Just being the disrespectful. News. Exactly. Who does she think she is? She's not all that anyway. So why does she, why does she think she could? Yeah. She doesn't have a son. And who does she think? And she was all always over there, always seeing it in French and whatnot. Who mm-hmm. does she think she is? Mm-hmm. That was it. Yeah. I mean, I, I could name an NFL quarterback who would have some feelings on this. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. And then, but then you, when you take out all of that and you look at what she's saying, what's false? Exactly. What's wrong? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And she did come back in her career and she was able to do voiceovers and and a lot of stuff for animation. And she did a lot for AIDS, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of fundraisers for AIDS. So she continued to help the oppressed until she died. I remember what going to see uh, when Boomerang came out and when Eartha Kitt 
like where she did her cameo, like the theater went crazy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I knew who she was because of Batman. Batman. Mm-hmm. And because she always kind of reminded me of, there's like a picture of my grandma when she was younger and she kind of reminded me of Eartha Kitt. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Physically. Um, <laughs> she did get those cheekbones. Eartha Kitt got those cheekbones from her. From her mom's uh, Cherokee background, I believe. <laughs> I believe, too. Other nerd alerts. I think those are all I have. Yeah, I didn't really have any. I left it up to you guys. Yeah, she was, she was, I tell you, she was a badass. I, it's it's mm-hmm. one of those, like, a common refrain in our show is just what the talent that we got stripped of. Yes, exactly. Like, that we didn't get to to see what else exactly okay reheatables i have throwing a child out of your home oh. i i don't understand i just i just don't understand it these are negatives just to clarify <laughs> <laughs> calling you know, your, some people don't listen every week. They might not know we start with negatives. That's, so that's true. They might think that's you true. like that. That's, well, that's true. Thank you, Christine. You're Another welcome. negative. I don't, want you, to, I don't I, want you to be seen in a negative light. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, see, I never should have called her a bitch. It wasn't very negative. But it was funny. <laughs> I, I, I was at the time at the time at the time but if if anybody listened to it and then went please <gasps> called christine a bitch on that podcast that that doesn't sound good but yeah. it was funny you might want to listen in because it was good <laughs> um the son-in-law i said before yelling at everybody he was just a bull he was just a bully 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 um when uh, Sammy Davis Jr., Danny, yes, comes yes. back after she's married, she's tell how many times does she have to tell him, I'm married, leave me alone? Well, well one he, more yeah. time than she did, I guess. He, well, it's funny because he comes in because that's one of my negative reheatables is just communication and how long it took because as soon as she got home she wrote the letter like oh danny this sucks being home my father is still super creepy and weird come get me mails it put you know licks the stamp sends it please and that's just san diego to los angeles i know and then by the time so then he shows up because what's he gonna do write a letter my dearest i am on my way apply a stamp send it back no he just shows up with his taxi cab and the the house is all decorated she's like i'm married (laughs) i just thought it was funny with all the streamers around and he's like yeah yeah whatever babe whatever babe and then when he finally takes a look around it's like oh this looks like a wedding was like somebody did get married (laughs) and you're in a white dress what's what's going on yeah i mean she she tried she really did try and then her father is a total negative. I mean, it starts out when he when he comes to dinner and his pants are literally at his armpits. Yeah. And and then toxic people. I mean, you got to get away from toxic people. 
Word. And might I add toxic relationships because she and Danny, oh my God. Yeah, it was a toxic. I mean, they were physical with each other. Physically violent with each other. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that's one of my negative readables is domestic violence. She's mm-hmm. slapping him. He's slapping yeah. her. Father slapping her. A bunch of lots of slaps going around. Yeah. A little bit too too much hands on people. Um. Huh. Oh, I had. I don't know. Well, okay. Well, this wasn't even in the movie, but I thought. I think where my brain, they were reading a letter that somebody wrote to the, that the friend wrote in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I heard the name Rudolph. And then I just thought Christmas. And then I just put Christmas letters as a negative. But it's also a positive. Agreed. But just, you got to do it the right way. Some of them are just so braggy and. Kaylee Lynn is first chair in her third grade orchestra. Like nobody gives a fuck. So that was my negative. Um, <laughs> serving dinner from the pot all around the table. You know that pot was heavy. Have you ever yes. a pot with its fall? Did anybody try to help her? No. No. That's why she's got those those muscles. Not even the light skinned daughter in law. Was, oh, why? Hey, why, why you gotta? <laughs> because she was the she was the good person in it, you know. Well, the other the other daughter was pregnant. Oh, the other daughter was so oh, like pregnant woman can't lift a goddamn pot. Yeah, oh, no. exactly. That's true. and she um, married jerk off who um you Great. know is bullying everybody around. I yeah. no, she gets no she gets no pass from me. <laughs> Um, this next one is my LBP, so I save it. Um, pressuring people to dance who don't want to. Thank you. <laughs> There's a reason why they don't want to dance. Yeah. Um, and then those are my negatives. No negative reheatable on the fur, specifically the fur with the head and feet. A tail. That attached? was a fox for that was, was that was probably hot stuff at the time. Vintage. It was an antique. And it showed, it. I mean, so any fur. Yeah, because it would have been really from the 40s, early 50s. So that showed that was something she got from somebody 10 and years ago. And as we know, don't you know when junk gets old enough, it becomes an antique, as they said. It does. Mm-hmm. And then it's cool again. It's okay to do it if it if you didn't kill a new animal if you didn't kill a millennial animal i think it's okay to wear the fur yeah you want all fur to be dated that this was mm-hmm. so what are we saying 1970 is the cutoff if your fur died before 1970 maybe maybe 1980 yeah i think 1980 is okay because 70 we were still oblivious i mean we were definitely yeah. after 2000 we're done Exactly. That's why I was going with the millennial. No new fur. So no we'll... new fur. Because I have I have I don't have a fur coat by any means, but I have a, a little fur neck thingy and a and a fur collar on something that I think is it's okay because it was before people knew better. Okay. Fair enough. 
My final. Oh, uh, try to justify something else by saying that. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I'm just like that. Uh, it's not a fur coat. It was a fur lining in a coat. It was. Just I know, but I'm just warm. saying that it 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 makes sense. But when there's somebody with a can of paint that's gonna about to like. I know. Paint I, you I, up, I, so... or you're gonna be like, wait, 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 hold on a second. Now it was hold no, nobody's going to because it's on the inside. I can't fit in that coat anymore anyway, so let's move on. Okay. Eartha Kitt and Sammy Davis Jr. are world-class performers. Fantastic. All-time greats. But I put this in my negative reheatables because they were not experienced dramatic actors. Yeah. And remember, this was a play that had originated in the American Negro Theater. So it just goes to show you that finally it takes 10 years for there to be a film with the all-black cast and their two main leads they cast with song and dance people. People, who, yeah. you know, and not the dramatics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There was, I think I have, who was it? Oh, so the the characters that the characters of Frank, Stella, and Teresa were all played by the original cast members that were in Harlem and then went to Broadway. So, Outstanding. Right. Um, but the woman who played, I read this article and they were like, uh, what would have been? Because apparently this woman, Hilda Sims, she played Anna on the original in the original Broadway production and was electrifying. Oh, and wow. so it's very interesting. And I was looking at her career because I was like, I've never heard of her. She was a great actress. Her, she was raised Catholic. So in um, her mom refused to go see her in this play because she played a sex worker. Yeah. <laughs> and so her mom was like, no, I don't care that it is fake. I did not raise you in that way. Yeah. Um, and then, so her career was really taking off. Maybe one of the reasons why she didn't get cast in this is because in 1955, she got blacklisted. Oh. Oh, I, I think it's like the same reason of all the other people who get blacklisted. It's like, oh, I think that you were hanging around communists, you mm -hmm. know? But mm -hmm. if you were, if you were like a, a black person who is in, the theater and in stage and stuff, you're going to be around people who would identify themselves as communists because they were looking at the communism as far as civil rights and that everybody yes. is equal. And this is a way of getting towards equality. Right. So you could have taken out, and they, they did take out a whole, uh, they did, you know, swath of people because this is another person. At least we have Eartha Kitt in this movie. There's not too many things with Hilda Sims, who apparently was electrifying. And I saw pictures of her, absolutely stunning and beautiful. Light skinned, but that's, I mean. Nothing wrong with light skin, Erin. <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with light skin, but I'm just saying, like, as far as cast and in the 40s, yeah. like the closer right. that you are to white because of how that's been ingrained in us, then. You know, you're not going to find too many Viola Davis and Lupita Nyong'o's in the. And tell them, <laughs> you know, and that's just a sad state of affairs. So that's my those were my negative reheatables. 
Okay, positive reheatables. Is it's a negative, but it's a positive in the movie. When oh. she burns Eddie's neck with the cigarette, I loved it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I loved it. He got too handsy with her. She told him, back off. Yep. Back off. How many times did you tell somebody? That's right. Well, because also he was going to then become her pimp, right? Yeah. And yeah. she she was a free agent. Yeah. She was just the sailors that would come in. That was how she got her meals in her room and board. She didn't have a room and board. She didn't even have anywhere to live. No, but when the sailors came, she would oh, go she, where oh, their oh. room and board was. That was how she well, survived. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, another positive reheatable. Did you notice on the lawn of everything that was for sale, the white yeah. lawn, oh. Jackie? Jockey, I did. Jackie. Jockey. Yeah. I I love that. Okay. Others? Um, I loved all the antiques, but specifically the couch they had. With the high back and like the ornate back. I know where you can get one real cheap. Oh. I mean, need one. You know, you know, we're in the market for a couch. Yeah. Um, it, it would take Tommy uh, another hour. Uh, yeah, give him another hour. Um, all the one liners. Yeah. I don't know if they were. Yeah, so good. A yeah, I couldn't write down it. all the quotables. I know. I liked the beginning and the middle. I didn't, I'm not a fan of the end. I didn't put that in my negatives, but it yeah. just was boring to me, the end. Yeah. Like, I just went, no, you know, didn't go anywhere. You mean, me. like, once she leaves, once she leaves um, Rudolph and goes with uh, Danny and then they like run and out then of they money. And they go back. Uh, yeah. Just like, yeah. I, I mean, mean like that was fun when they ran out of money. But then after they ran out of money, it was like, okay. Yeah. It's like they were like, oh shit, now we have to end this movie. And we didn't think about that. Right. Mm hmm. Um, and then Eartha Kit is the positive. I loved her. She looks so good in a dress. Mm hmm. Um, and then the name Eartha, so fun. Yes. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, and those are my positives. I have oh. the all-black cast and the oh, yeah. middle-class family and the no dialect. No, as a mother, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, that, yeah. Oh, my there was gosh. no step and fetch it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like at the end, the cast triptych. The sketches, the three sketches. Oh, I did too. Oh, yeah, that they was were cute. good. I wondered who did those because they were so mm -hmm. good. Um, the music I thought was good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, I just got a, a negative reheatable that I, it just occurred to me now. The fact that the director and the writers, pretty much everybody that produced this, I think were all white men. I what I assumed, yeah. yeah. So it's just a, a nice what would have been. Like maybe some of the things that we have qualms about the movie would have been ironed out if mm -hmm. yeah. somebody else was, you know, at the helm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, did I say the music? Yes. And yeah. So the music. That's what I have for my good reheatables. So we are to quotables, and um, there were too many to write down, but I do have a few. Okay. 
Um, so the brother-in-law is going on and on because he does pontificate. He's had so many great quotables. Speaking of which, I thought of the word that I couldn't think of last week, but I don't remember what it is now. So we'll move on. The only ones who eat without work are politicians. Oh. Uh, did you say something about a drink? Because <laughs> she'd been waiting for a while, you know? Well, I'm not too expensive anyway. Ooh, ouch. Hold me tight enough to kill me. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. And bust loose with the cork and let the gin flow. <laughs> oh, is that your next tattoo? That might yeah. be my, that might be my we can cork. get we can get you like a little gin glass and then it can say it above and underneath it. I've yeah, the Hendrix traditional bottle. American traditional. Yeah. <laughs> and where am I putting this tattoo? That's probably gonna go on your arm. You could do it right here on the inside or like up here. Yeah, because I totally need one on my on my pipe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's room for a very large bottle of Hendrix. Yeah. The 1.75 bottle, please. The only kind I buy. What do you think I'm saving my thigh space for? <laughs> Something giant. <laughs> okay. Those were mine. Um, Monday's always a backbreaker. Oh, yeah. Mm. This was one of my favorite quotables, just because of the way it was delivered. No, Teresa, I feel terrible. <laughs> um, that one's for my LBP, so I'll save that. I got a feeling... Everything's going to be good for everybody. Don't we wish? Yeah. Uh, and then somebody said, come on, Stanley, let's dance. And Stanley said, not with my feet. Oh, yes. yeah. Stanley, yeah. Had, Stanley had bad feet. <laughs> and then it's not fashionable to go broke in this town, Danny. You're out of style. Mm-hmm. And those are mine, other than what I have for my LVP. All okay. right. I hope I don't have yours, your LVP then. I have, um, Frank says, democracy is all for all and one for one. Mm. Um, somebody says, oh, I think, <laughs> I think this is Frank's wife says this to him. That's easy, Frank. Women just play dumb. Men are born that way. Yes, that was a good one. <laughs> that was a really good one. And Noah says this to Anna. When your train is going fast, God puts the brakes on to give you a chance to think. And then she replies, mm -hmm. I don't want to think. I want to drink. That's right. Yeah. And See, so she's covering up more with that drink than just uh -huh. holding hands with her boyfriend. And... When she says, and cops are not my favorite people. Yeah. If uh, Frank says, I should have married beneath me. <laughs> <laughs> he had so many funny lines. He did. Uh, and then this one, 
uh, because Rudolph is asking her what she did in San Diego, and she's like, I didn't go to college. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and those are my photo polls. Well, we are to LVP, and I can't wait to hear Teenies. Well, my LVP, I don't know his name. I wrote him down as wife hater, is what I was calling him. Sounds like Frank. Yeah. He said, I had a hard job housebreaking that woman. <gasps> mm-hmm. yeah. And then he said, nobody's going to slap my wife down but me. How did yeah. we not have that? I'm really embarrassed I didn't have that. So he's my LVP. He just sucked. He is my honorable mention, LVP. He oh. was my LVP until I thought about it and went, you know what? Worse than that was the father. Yeah, that's my yeah, LVP. He was, yeah. Yeah, he was pretty bad. I mean, he's a drunk. He tosses out his daughter. He brings her back. He ruins her marriage to a decent guy. Then he waits for her to come back and dies. All while he probably molested her. And that was the yeah. reason that she had to leave in the first place. So, And if we don't go for the molestation, which we all know happened. It, it, even if it was just his impulse that he was go- that he... He felt that urge that he was going to, and that's why he kicked her out. That's still an LVP. I mean, fix yourself, dude. I mean, yeah. And then his, he, because that's his daughter, because Frank is his son in law. So Mm -hmm. Frank's wife, I think it's Stella, is Mm -hmm. his daughter. And yeah, and like, like nothing, nothing. I don't, they just like, 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 what does he even do? Cause he's a drunk. So how's he supporting the family? Is he not? And Frank and Stanley are the ones keeping everybody afloat. It appears. I it don't does know. appear. Yeah. It's They're just, selling everything in the house. It sucks. Cause Rex Ingram was so good as the devil. And he's, he's really good in this as well, but it's just, uh, he like, is, but you just get such a, just such a, in your stomach. Yeah. Cause you're just like, what are you doing? My man? Like, it just doesn't even make any sense. No. Take, go take yourself out. If that's how you feel. And the only thing you can do is send her away with nothing to become, what else can she become when you send yeah. her away and she's got nothing? It's all your fault. Just take yourself out. Well, yeah, there you have it. What's the national suicide hotline prevention number? <laughs> if well, you or anyone you know, like contact them. No, if he if he cannot control himself. Okay. Yeah. But that it was it's it was just super weird and how nobody was on her side. You would even think like I don't know. That's just. But, but the sad thing is, is that that's not an uncommon story. No, it's not. That's true. If you're it's and not. if you're just going based on like the trauma that has been passed down by generations, and yeah. and based on just the the sheer numbers and stuff that we've seen come out with Me Too and even before that, that it's mm-hmm. like there are a lot of people who probably, you know. I mean, right, 
I remember uh, when I taught high school in in the mid seventies. There was a a girl in the high school. I had no association with her, but I heard the story. She was she was being sexually abused by her father, and she thought everybody was. She had no idea that this was not the norm. She thought you just don't talk about it, but that's what happens in every house. Yeah, how would you know? There is that thing on the Diane Sawyer special on 2020 about the House of Horrors. Those those. 13 kids yeah. or whatever that lived in California and it's it's wild and that they found out about that in 2018 yes 2018 and they it's one of those things where like they don't mention any of like that but I mean if you're and watch it and if you're gonna put your own like it's not like they adopted these kids like they gave birth to these children these they're their own biological children and they treated them that way. I'm just, even though they didn't right. say it, I'm just like in my mind, just assuming that. Yeah, they drew that line in the sand. Like, like, oh, that's we're not, we're gonna do every other form of abuse, but not that. Like, mm. no, nah, man, come on. But it's interesting because these these kids they have their own dialect because they mm-hmm. never had been out. And so their accent is just, it's so interesting and bizarre. And one of them is, one of them, I think, look, there's like a supermodel that she kind of looks like. And it's this like, wow, oh no, I'm kind of really scared for her. Because on top of all of that, now you're coming into this world and you... With nothing, you have no, you have... Nothing, and you you are conventionally to the caste system that we have in place, uh-huh. you are highly desirable in that standard of beauty. And you have nothing to help you. No, you're a blank slate. You have no yeah. back history. There is not enough therapy in the world. I hope they are all getting ther- therapy. And hey, well, you know, taxpayer money. Yeah, spoiler for. alert. There's an investigation because the county of Riverside has done them dirty. And now their feet are going to be like, hopefully it's going to get better because like the older kids totally got screwed. You see all the money that they accumulated for them, you know, like go, go fund me want to happen like, oh, for their education. And like the young, the oldest kid is like, I cannot get access to this money. I did. Uh, yeah. I need to watch that. Mm. It, yeah. But hopefully, hopefully it's going to change. Cause you know, got those Diane Sawyer eyeballs on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's going to be a lot of pissed off people. Like I'm in California and I'm like, excuse me. Like <laughs> you have yeah. one job and you- right. Great. Okay. But now we are going to MVPs. Yes. Well, mine. Yes. Mine was Noah the bartender. I like that. He was great. He was Mm -hmm. so nice. I mean, he could have kicked them all out and not served them. And then when she went and she was so drunk and he was like, no, you're not having any more, but not in a mean way to make her leave. He was just like, I'm not serving you anymore. Um, friend to all, he let anybody in there. I liked him. He was my MVP. Mm-hmm. He was, 
he thought he was doing the right thing when he encouraged her to go home with her father, which it turned out was the right thing if you wade through all the crap she had to go through. But um, yeah, he really, he seemed to care about her in a totally mm-hmm. non-sexual way, which she had never yeah. had before. Erin? Well, my MVP is Frederick O'Neill, who is the actor who played Teeny's LVP. Because he's such a worthy he's like, so he's good. a he's horrible so good at person. Being a horrible he was person. so good at being a horrible person. Just he was. I I'll take that, I guess. His lie delivery and everything had me laughing, where I'm like, yeah, yeah. Man, he was the backbone of the movie. Yeah. Well, my MVP eating. is Eartha Kitt. I mean, yeah. she didn't have acting chops, and I thought she did a really good job yeah. showing all the emotions because she had to do a myriad of emotions. My you only flaw is that, which... You know, I guess that's this is the way they did Hollywood back then. You mean to tell me she looked that perfect? Not have she didn't have a place to stay. Being a streetwalker, yeah, a sex well, worker. Not to home. say that they wouldn't look good, but she's like, I don't have anywhere to stay. Like she didn't know where she was sleeping that night, but she was. I mean, dressed to the nines. All her makeup was perfect. She, you know, this was San Diego, and there wasn't air conditioning. Right. She yeah, didn't look San sweaty. Diego's on or... the, San Diego's on the, like, she was on the water. It's Excuse, excuse us, East Coast people. Yeah. Yes. Ex- excuse us not. We don't, we don't take, take the seven or the nine to get to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't take the seven or the nine either. <laughs> oh, well done. That Christine. is funny. What's the opposite of bitch? Because that was a perfect moment. <laughs> I loved it. I just thought she could have looked a little more rough for the wear. Yeah, you know? I mean, her yeah, but hair... then it's like, but we got Eartha Kit. What are we gonna? Right, well, like, exactly. I know it's like they wouldn't do that with any. It's that was. It's the way it's, that Hollywood works. Yeah, it's taken right. like you could tell. Oh, uh, because I watched the Halle Berry and Bruised, and it's it's like I guess she's supposed to be unattractive but like it's just Halle Berry with no makeup on maybe oh yeah <laughs> and it's remember like, when she's in her 50s right? <laughs> it's <Yeah>. like man <laughs> remember when we watched what was Char- Charlize Theron's movie where where she had a lot monster. of monster monster remember what we said when we watched that there's a reason why they put beautiful people in front of you for two hours because mm-hmm. it's like yeah, that gets yeah. old. <laughs> old after it's, a while. It's damn. Off. You realize you're like, man, they got me hook, line, and sinker believing in all this beauty and stuff, but then you you see like normal people on screen yeah. for 15 minutes you're like, oh man. <laughs> Good news for Charlize Theron. She could take off the prosthetics and then be perfection but i do i think i do think that's a good point because like her her clothes weren't soiled there wasn't right right come on you know that she spilled a little bit of drink on her 
white dress at some point Thank or you. light gray. Because, mm-hmm. um, uh, okay, okay. Recasting, I didn't do one. I did I one. I didn't. I have the names down here, but I don't have a person to be there. All right. So I did Anna, Danny, Rudolph, Frank, and the dad. Oh. So the dad, I have Denzel Washington. Mm, you'd be good one. Yeah. Okay. It's gotta be. It's gotta be uh, fences. Denzel Washington. Well, yeah. He's 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 older now. You know. Pants up to his yeah. armpits. For Frank, I have Roy Wood Jr. Oh my God. Yeah. That, that was the first perfection. one that I came up with. I was like, this guy is like Roy Wood Jr. That is perfection. Only he might be a little too likable. But that's, I mean, like, hey, yeah. that's what you need. Yeah. I For love- Rudolph, I have William Jackson Harper. Remember, he was uh, in The Good, The Good Place. Cheaty in the good place. Oh, oh. Cheaty. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. For Danny, I have the Keith Stanfield. Yeah. That's good. And for Anna, I have Gugu Mbatha Raw. Oh, I love her. I think she yeah. would be an excellent. Yeah. Anna. Yes. Well done. I said an alternate ending. Oh. <laughs> Um, where, you know, we didn't know who Rudolph was for the longest time. I just couldn't stop thinking in my mind that a reindeer was not going to walk in. Agreed. Agreed. Like, so we take a turn. Claymation Rudolph walks in. That's who they want her to marry. And she has to make a decision between him and Sam Davis Jr. And Danny. Yeah, because Danny did make fun of his name because I kept waiting. Come on. Somebody has to make fun of that dude's name. I like it. Maybe Rudolph Durendo's reindeer came out after. And that's why so many people didn't. Because I was the same way. I was like Rudolph. And now I love like picturing the claymation. Rudolph comes in Mm -hmm. and then it's like, what dad? The side is $4,000 with Rudolph. And then there's Danny with his broke ass cap. Yeah. Well, it came out and the book came out in 1939. Oh, but the stop motion sequel wasn't until 1964. 64. I was 14 when that. No, I was 12 when that came out. Dang. Yeah. I felt like I grew up with that. Well, you kind of did. You were 12. <laughs> yeah, 1964. Yeah. Wow. Although, that's a 1964 12. So she was probably, other 12 year olds were probably smoking cigarettes headed down to the mines. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Okay, tasty nuggets. I just have a couple. This was shot. In, from May to June in 1958 at Samuel Goldwyn Studios. And this was Sammy Davis Jr.'s first dramatic feature film role. Okay. 
I have a second time in uh, in a well in two weeks. Susan Hayward was originally thought of to play Anna, maybe for the white edition. Oh yeah, for the nineteen forties mm-hmm. one. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, they wouldn't even allow such a thing. Oh my God, no! Joan Crawford. Mm-hmm. dated Don Barry. Don Barry tried to buy the rights of this for Joan to play Anna, but he couldn't oh. get the rights. Mm-hmm. Just tying in last week to this week. Mm, nice. I don't have any. Well, I thought it would, I for something I had never heard of, and... Um, I'm glad I watched it because, you know, I still, Eartha Kitt always came across as, as just a hard ass to me instead of a badass. And so now she has moved to badass status in my book, which everybody cares about mm-hmm. where they are in my book. So is it so, it's because then you learn the, the context behind exactly. why she was... And then all the things that she had to put up with. And it's like, right. oh, that's. Well, my prejudiced view of her from what I was given from the media and the time and where I grew up. Yes. And so, yeah, I did enjoy it. I did too. I liked learning about her as a kid. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I just can't believe that, that I only heard about this movie from You Must Remember This. And it has mm-hmm. Eartha Kitt and Sammy Davis Jr. And even like looking up for analysis, there's not too many articles about it at mm-hmm. all. And yeah, because you go to movie trivia about it and there's hardly, and you go, wait, come I know there was a lot of shit going on. But of course, that wasn't ever written down. Nobody, nobody cared. Nobody took the time to. And it's just one of those things where like United Artists and the rest of Hollywood are like, oh, this movie came out. Nobody went to go see it. I guess people don't want to see middle class black people, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm, and it's like, mm -hmm. that's not true. Nobody like you made it so that nobody would go see it. No advertising. Yeah, to just reinforce what you want to do. It is. Yeah, it's wild and interesting. I suggest you take a look. An hour and a half, yes? It's, An hour and yeah. a half of your life. Yeah. On, on Tubi for free. Tubi, I watch Tubi. It's also on Amazon Prime for free if you have membership. Oh. oh no I no commercial. It was free. Oh, See, man. now I'm going to come out with the B word again because that wasn't shared mm-hmm. with me. But I'm not going to say it because I'm filtering myself. Yeah. Because the next movie we do will be in December, the Christmas season. That's your first gift of Christmas, Christine. Oh, yes. This is a 1937 movie. Okay, so this is where this is the rabbit hole I went down. We we did those BC before Christine. Um, Susan Hayworth came up twice. In the last two weeks. So I went Susan Hayworth Christmas movies. Hey, word or Hayworth? Word. I don't hey, know. W- w- no, it's not worth. Hayward. 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 W A R D. Hayward. W A R D. 
there are no Christmas movies, and hers seemed really heavy. Like <laughs> her movies were heavy. So I decided to go with one of our all-time favorites who likes to bring us a lot of pleasure. But I don't think it's a holiday film, but it came up in my search for vintage holiday films. 1937, it got a 93% rate on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. One hour, 32 minutes. Mm. And evidently... There is a dog that takes a large part of it. Mm. The naked truth? It's not the naked truth. The awful truth. How in God's name? <laughs> how did you come up with that? Do you want to know how I do? You, do you want to, me to open my cranium and take a step I, inside I of my mind? I do. Because well, you I said thought she's not going to get this. You said 1937. You said one of our all-time favorites. I'm like, well, this is too early for Paul Newman. So he was out the window. And then when you said the dog, I remember that the dog was the same. I remember a Cary Grant movie that we did and there was a dog in it. It was either bringing up baby or something. No, no, it was uh, Nick and Nora. It was the thin man. Because. Yeah, I know, because I just looked at the looked it up and it's I'm like, okay, they only had one fucking kind of dog that started movies back then. It's the same dog. Yeah. Because I had to see if we'd done it before, because I felt like we had done Carrie Grant and a dog before. So I we I have. went through our whole library and we have not done the awful truth as far as I know. If we have, well, they're gonna no, let we me haven't. know. And I'll have to do a... But it's the it's what Tini was saying. It's the same dog because I think when we did like Sounder and Old Yeller, like they were all the ones that... It's like the same family that trained the dogs. And that, that the dog... And I'm blanking on his name because he was became super famous. And we were talking about it and I did a lot of research. And I was like, yeah, he was mm-hmm. also in Skippy. the... Skippy! Skippy! Yeah. Skippy! Damn, Aaron. She mm-hmm. does impress He was in The Thin Man. D? Okay. And he was in The Thin Man and Bringing Up Baby. Right? So so okay. it was like a bunch of times. And then and then we would always talk about the and awful truth. It's a Small World, The Daring Young Man, Topper Takes a Trip. Wow. Uh, also in this is Irene Dunn. And I think we've done something with her in it before. Well, we'll find out on the particulars. On the particulars. So I don't don't think it has anything to do with Christmas, but it is a comedy. So you tell me, here is my first present to you. We're doing a Christmas movie. And then you say... No, my first present to you is that I didn't call you bitch the second week in a row. Oh, okay. That's my first Christmas present to you. And because it has a dog in it. Yes. We We all like the dog. Sending prayers to our Mackie today. <laughs> Who, as we speak, is undergoing surgery to remove his eye. His eyeball. Just like his Sammy Davis Jr. Yes. yes. So, Were you able to tell when you watched this movie, which was Sammy Davis's uh, yeah, real yeah, eye? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, I couldn't. Yeah. Oh. I, I could. Well, first of all, it not it the side of the face that's kind of flat? 
It's his left eye. His left eye is the is the fake one. So I just know that they're different, and I can't tell which. Yes, one. yes, yes, yes. I, oh. There are some movies where you really can tell. This movie, you couldn't tell that that easily. Okay, listeners, we hope you enjoyed Anna Lucasta, and we hope you'll join us in December for. The Awful Truth, only it's a comedy. It doesn't sound like it, but it is. <laughs> okay. Bye. 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 Bye.